Hey, everybody. You're listening to the ToyLines.com podcast. This is Ian Westhoff, and this is my good buddy, Tom Romero. And we're here for back for our second podcast. Um, for those of you who listened to our first one, thank you very much. Uh, thank you for coming back. And for those of you who are just discovering us now, Tom, can you tell the, the kind folks where they can find uh, our podcast? I'm happy to do so, Ian. We'll be on... Apple Podcasts this week, Podbean, Stitcher, and we're currently on SoundCloud. So all this week, you can find Toy Lines. I also want to point out, if you have any questions, you want to be a part of the show, email us at toyspodcast at gmail.com. T-O-Y-S podcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to visit the website, uh, it's Toy Lines with a hyphen toy-lines.com don't forget that hyphen or I don't know where you're going to wind up Yeah. <laughs> so how are you feeling Ian? How's this COVID uh, treating you? Uh, it's like a roller coaster Tommy it's up and down one day it's normal next day it's spiking next day I'm wearing a scuba tank to breathe so I don't catch anything it's, it's pretty crazy out there it's very scary how about you? No, it's like night and day here. Um, it's like nothing has happened. People are just walking around. I mean, uh, literally insane. Unfortunately, uh, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I'm still you know out and about because of work. But uh, it seems like some days I'm the only one with the mask on. No, that's Great. that's incredible. Considering uh, here in Jersey, we wear a mask, and for uh, pretty much for everything, anywhere you go indoors. Um, I see people driving with them. Uh, now this case is spiking up on the East Coast again. Um, it's just a crazy time. Yeah, yeah. If you can, people stay home. Play with your toys. Play with your kids, your loved ones, your you know? dog, your dog. Just, just uh, don't let me eat your figures. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tom, uh, where do you get your toys? Excellent question. It's a variety of of places right now and i'm a big uh fan of big bad toy store okay they've always treated me well okay just so uh the listeners in case they want to check that site out they know uh um i'm trying to stay away from the big box stores you know not because of some political agenda but walmart is horrible so recently we're talking, we're recently, talking and water yeah recently i mean I'll be honest with you. I would love to go to my uh, local comic shop and buy toys there, but all these big corporations right now are, are they want Walmart folks. They want the target people. Um, NECA has an exclusive deal with target. Oh, okay. They had the, they released Casey Jones and in disguised wrath and their smaller scale uh, movie figures could not get them online. Just they were sold out in seconds. I know a few people have ordered the Ghostbuster figures from Hasbro, and uh, when they received them, just damaged cards, so damaged bubbles. The Ghostbusters is this the kind of like the remake of the real Ghostbusters one? Yes. Oh yes, I've seen pictures on um, Instagram of people's collectible crunched. Right. You know, just you know, send it back. That's what they're it, doing. It's horrible. I mean, we're we're in a Toys R Us less era. You know, invest in bubble wrap. So I got to say, um, you know what it is? 
I'm thinking it's two parts. They don't care, and the employees are scooping them up. Oh, now, doubt. now back in the dinosaur age, I was a Toys R Us employee for a summer, and listen, I, I was a collector back then. They would just scoop up all of them. Now this was way before eBay, but yeah, I mean that was the advantage of working at a at Toys R Us. You'd get the good stuff firsthand. Right. Now the allocation, that's a whole different story. You know, this goes back into to a chase figure. The chase figures, yeah, um, and, and not even and not even chase figures back then because I mean the variants were few and far between back then. Right. Usually it was like the female figure if you were. For instance, for Star Wars, um, Princess Leia might have been hard to find, or Boba Fett. Usually, Boba Fett was pretty popular back in the '90s before the Mandalorian. Right, and, he was always tough to find. Like with McFarlane, Party Angela, you know. But that's when eBay was coming around, so people were were hunting just to turn a profit. That's killing the industry. Is the greed? Of course. And I found in the old days. Um, if I actually had that day off and I would go to a toy store when it, when it was just before it opened, you would find a line of collectors out there. And it would be like, um, not a run, but it was a real fast walk to get to that toy aisle. Oh, and, yeah. you know, it was, it, it's like if you remember when um, the prequels came out, there was midnight release of Star Wars figures. And the that events. was just like, it was yeah. literally like a hockey match. You know, oh, yeah. Check into the aisles and getting a cart in your face or something. Uh, I'll never the, forget. Uh, 1999, episode one. I went with a couple of friends of mine, the people we know in common. Yep. She literally was calling my name because a swarm of people were actually drowning her. I mean, and it was insane. Now, granted, Star Wars was huge. So, you know, the percentage between actual fans versus people that just wanted the figures to turn around and sell them. Maybe 50-50. Yeah, possibly. But my point is, the reason why I'm bringing that up is, those events don't happen anymore. Everything's on, true. Everything's online, you know. And then, like, the last, the last giant one I participated in was San Diego last year with, uh, with the new He-Man Origin figures. Now, I'm not talking down to Mattel, but... Their line control was horrible. Horrendous. People were on top of each other again, you know, trying to get online. It's security. Pre-COVID, so, by the way. So Yeah, pre-COVID. Was- but, I mean, security was horrendous. And I hate to say it, but most of the people on that line were vendors. They were just there. They turn were just it right there. around. I, I, re- I remember looking at this one vendor in the eye because he had this dumbass smirk on his face that he got online and and i got you know i didn't and then i was like all right fine you know it's america i went looking around for for the two-pack and it was that same guy with the smirk he had it listed for two hundred dollars i mean that that was like a a 70 percent markup and you know what's sad about that all all this is when the Simpsons first came out and you saw a comic book guy, it's a pretty fair rendition of some of the, not maybe not the look of all, but the greed that 
some of these people have. Yeah. That and, they're gonna, and it's a shame. It's it's very shameful because you just might want one and because you're a fan and that's it. Or you're picking it up for, I don't know, your nephew or something. Right. But these guys, they're in it for the money. And collecting has become much harder um, nowadays with the lack of stores. I Honestly, sometimes I would rather go to maybe, um, depending on what you're looking for, if you're looking for like a mystery mini fig or something, I'd rather go to Hot Topic and pay the two extra bucks in price. Mm-hmm. Of course, even though they get you know people lined up to go in and, and go in there, then fight a horde of people trying to get something. Um, and the other problem I find is the exclusives. Uh, a lot of stores have them. Like if you look at Funko, there's a lot of exclusive figures to different places. And just trying to make a collection of whatever you're collecting and you need to include the exclusives it's very difficult. It's time consuming. It's financially uh, consuming. And it's like, it's almost like you're, that's your job in a way. It takes almost the joy out of toy collecting. Yeah, exactly. Let me, let me pose this question to you, Ian. Yeah. And, and to our listeners too, I, I would love to hear other people's comments. Why do you think Toys R Us went under? I don't know. That's Could, a good, good question. Because I mean, did they not adapt? Was, they had the website and was it was it price gouging was it i mean was it arrogance do they think they did they can still compete uh i don't know i know that when they left toy hunting which is what i just like to call when i would go and look for toys drive to like five different toy stores in a day toy hunting got a whole lot difficult and they um a lot of things just got real tough to find and when they finally came back there's one in our local mall it is nothing like it used to be it is more like a showroom for toys right but take think about old toys r us oh yeah like I mean, we talking 80s well no no just like when they started uh to go into chapter 11 i mean right. was was it a lot of people are blaming walmart now was it the pricing I mean, well, why why couldn't Toys R Us adapt? Maybe, was he, well, was, maybe it was what you said. Maybe it was greed. Maybe it was... Well, you know what? Here's another thing. I, I'm 99% sure they bought FAO Schwartz when it went out of business. They bought, I believe, KB Toys. I, I could be wrong. I believe that's true. So you're spending money on these toy stores, and you're... Also spreading yourself thin because in Toys R Us, you weren't just toys. You had a whole baby section uh, for a registry. Right. You know, when, I, when I was a kid, toys, so toys R Us was just toys. That was it. And uh, the aisles just didn't seem to be as full as they were or could be or should be with toys. There were, you know, you would go check this, the Star Wars aisle or whatever and, you know, you might find something, but nine times out of ten, they didn't seem to have what you were looking for. And, uh, you know, as a kid, you'd go there. You would find what you were looking for. Right. Um, so, yeah, it could be they felt that perhaps they didn't need really to compete with Walmart. They have the name. People are going to come because of the name. Right. But uh, do you think they they couldn't adapt? It could be. 
was it the pricing? You know, I, I it might be they wouldn't. They just didn't want to. But the pricing is another thing. If Walmart was, of course, because here's what I'm getting at. Same thing with Wizard Magazine back in back in the day. Like everybody was going online. You know, where was Wizard? You know, well, their their online presence was very garbage. very minimal. Yeah. You know, they wanted to save all the good stuff for the for the print magazine. But what I'm believing they didn't realize was print is dying or started to die once once the internet took over. So I'm wondering why couldn't Toys R Us compete with the Walmarts? And just uh, a side note, what's interesting about Wizard is how they became the premier magazine for comics. I mean, comic scene was there. They stopped. You had uh, Heroes and all these other magazines. They beat them all. And then maybe that was their arrogance, you know, their downfall, that they didn't go to the internet. Nowadays, you need an online presence for no matter what you're doing. So... Going back to Toys R Us, maybe by not low trying to price beat at least price beat or or price match Walmart, uh, you know might might take a cut into their their sales, but it also keep your customers coming back. Exactly. You know, because uh, I think part of the problem with Walmart is they don't have enough collectors in charge. You get these boxes. I mean, I mean, it's a nightmare if you're a mint on card collector. I I'm mean. Sure. You're never, I mean, unless you're physically there picking and choosing. And then you have to get lucky if your store is actually going to have two figures. I remember uh, when a few months ago the Mandalorian figure came out. Well, the Mandalorian, here's a, I know the funny thing about that. Actually, it's not funny if you never got one. But the Disney store was selling him way before that show came out. And I remember seeing it there and not getting it. And now I'm like, I was so stupid. Was it that limited all white box packaging? Mm, no, it's kind of like a square. I believe it was a squarish box. I okay. I, I just remember it was there months before the show came out. Because um, I remember, I remember they released a all white box. It was a black series Mandalorian all white box. I mean, if you were one of the lucky ones, it's up to a thousand dollars on eBay right now. Probably okay. even more. As far as the damaged box goes, I mean, if you're a person who opens your toys, it's not going to bother you. But if you're one of those I used to be, open one, keep one in a box, uh, that's that's a headache, you know, like, oh, you, like sure. you said. Um, the other thing is getting there or knowing the schedule. When do the new toys get delivered? When do they get put out? Exactly. They get put out at night or first thing in the morning. So then, there you go again. And- and how many are going to be allocated to your local store? You know, yeah. I mean, like I said, the employees are gonna are gonna grab them now and put them straight on eBay. And unless you're friends with somebody there, um, exactly, who might put one on the side for you, just not out of you're slipping them a couple of bucks. It's just that you're grateful if you ask them a question and they go in the back and actually find it, and you thank them. And every time you see them, you say hello. You might strike up a friendship. Um, you know, that, that that's really the only way sometimes, uh, there are guys who study the schedules and, you know, they know oh, when sure. the shipping comes in and, you know, when you work a nine to five job or you work strange hours, wherever you cut type of job is, you don't get that luxury of sometimes going that day to get it. Uh, mm-hmm. and there's nothing worse than like walking out of a target or Walmart, not having that toy you want. I mean, well, worse things, but you know. 
yeah. get my point. Now let me ask you this: How do you feel about direct to consumer, like Super Seven? Super Seven, um, they're doing their Thundercats line. They're so doing, you're saying you know, their turtles direct to consumer? They're going to mail it to you. Exactly. Straight from the, from I the website. I think actually that's kind of cool. It takes away from the shopping experience, but let's face it, the shopping experience has been ruined for many years. Oh, yeah. Um, so I like that. I like the fact that I can go online, um, order my figure, right. and I know what's coming. And, you know, there, and if there is a problem, you know, I can track it. It's damaged. I can contact them, you know, and, and speak to somebody. You know, instead of having no no ability whatsoever in 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 this deal, if you wanted all the, uh, I know they did some of those universal monsters, or, or even you know for those baseball collectors out there, they did a bunch of sports figures, um, baseball mascots and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you want those, go right there. You can order them. I was I, I've been wondering. I've, I've been meaning to ask them every toy fair we go to if they're ever going to do a hockey, um, just for the hell of it, because it would be cool to get a Wayne Gretzky figure. But, um, McFarland toys. That's true. They they, they do. Yeah. Yep. But I think direct consumer is a excellent idea, and I do too. I, I prefer uh, direct to consumer. Is there a, going to the brick and mortar? Unfortunately, is there a higher charge in that, or is that just like they're priced and you just pay shipping? No, you just pay shipping. You know what? Some places charge tax. I know eBay right. just started charging tax now. So, so I know I've always seen some states have to pay a tax depending where you're ordering it from. Right. So from New Jersey, if I was ordering it from somewhere, if I happen to be in that state where it's coming from, you have to pay a tax. I never understood how it works. I just know what happened. You no, know, you pay your shipping and handling. Maybe you pay tax. But I think that is an excellent way to go, uh, especially if you're looking for something. I like the fact you're eliminating the big box stores. You know, you're getting what you want. It's going to come in great condition. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wish I knew the numbers because I know, you know, uh, Super 7 is very tight as far as mass producing. I know NECA wants, you know, wants as many consumers as possible. That's why they're working with Target. McFarland Toys is the same thing. Although they do a lot of variants, which, you know, you have to go around chasing. Well, you know, the thing about Super 7 that I like is the fact that you can do that. And it's almost like they don't need to go into stores because you can go right to them. Exactly. You know, that's kind of cool. I mean, so, I mean, their reaction line is big enough where it can go to retail. I got to tell you, I love their reaction line. Um, I think it's because it reminds me so much of the Star Wars figures from when we were kids. The the Kenner figures. Yeah. The the, the packaging looks like it. Just the way they look. um, And nine times out of 10, whatever they make, they're making something that I liked as a kid. Mm -hmm. I mean, they did the crow, they did the rocketeer, you know, just one figure. They look great. They did um, Universal Monsters, which has a nice Remco feeling from back in the late 70s, early 80s. I know, I don't think you're a big fan of these, Tom, but they did those He-Man figures, Super 7. Um, Did the uh, reaction He-Mans? I, uh, oh, the reaction he mans I were I wasn't too crazy. Yeah, I actually I I liked those. Um, but I I always I tell everybody this: you have to give props to Brian Flynn over at Super Seven. He once Mattel dropped the ball on classics. He picked it up and they did an excellent excellent job of it. He continued Club Grayskull the filmation figures, which were also excellent. You know, I mean, and didn't they get around also? some hurdle to get those movie figures out for he-man oh yeah yeah they, and it was like a uh, well here, here's 
the story as I understand it. The license holder or the owner of the 87 live action movie despises Mattel. Okay. I don't know why. But, so you're talking uh, like the, uh, the person who owns the film, right? Correct. Okay, go ahead. He despises Mattel. I have, I have no idea why. They found a loophole, excuse me, using the, the artwork from uh, William Stout. Right, right. And that's how they obtained the, the rights to create the William Stout Masters of the Universe live action. Which looks pretty cool. I remember seeing those. Oh, they're beautiful. Yeah. They're beautiful. If you go on toylines.com, Ian, you can right. see uh, the our review. Remember the hyphen, folks. Yes. Um, sometimes I forget, and I work for Toylines, so <laughs> it's, it, it happens. But yeah, uh, Super yeah, 7. Yeah, I mean, Super 7 is a great, great company. I'm, they are I'm very happy what they're doing. And um, you know what? They're one of the nicest companies. Uh, yes. Every Toy Fair, they're yeah, Brian's always polite. Yeah. Brian um, always welcomes us. He always yeah. gives us an interview. Um, they're great guys there. Yeah, I enjoy going to see what they do. I, I what, one of the things I enjoy is seeing what they're doing new, um, what new figures they're coming out with. And sometimes they'll have the just the um, the gray figure, you know, like the uh, not the final image or the final figure, yeah, like uh, a like prototype. The prototype. Thank you. Yeah, and I love seeing what what they're doing because it's just like, oh, cool, finally, you know, it's. Uh, they're just a bunch of great guys. Oh yeah, and um, they've done the impossible. They've they're bringing us Snake Mountain. I mean, go. the only closest thing to that was Scott Knightlick and Mattel with Castle Grayskull a few years back. But Snake Mountain, it's, you know, they've Actually, done it. Let's let's talk about that for a second. As a kid, we're gonna go back to the uh, Mattel version. But as a kid, which one did you like more, Castle Grayskull or Snake Mountain? Castle remember, Grayskull. Okay, so remember Snake Mountain had that little microphone. Right, yep. you were talking to, mm-hmm. but it always sounded too metallic to me. But I love Castle Grayskull. I thought it was just the coolest looking thing, and it was just like that is so cool. Like, oh, this, yeah. you know, this incredible looking toy. I'll, and- I'll be honest with you. The only reason I wasn't that big of a fan of the vintage Snake Mountain is because only one section looked like the filmation cartoon like the other side had this giant snake head that you know moved a little you know his mm-hmm. mouth moved and stuff why <laughs> you know it, it didn't look like you know it didn't look like the cartoon now, now i may be filmation biased you know yeah, we all have our favorite hours of, toy, of, but, a, of a certain you yeah know, but i mean castle grayskull was it, it was where all the power of good lied for me you know, and it was that's first. why I loved it. it, and, it was you know, first. that's that's the other thing. It's like uh, when you started collecting He-Man, you usually got a couple of figures, and at Christmas time, maybe Castle Grayskull, and it was just like that was your big gift. Oh yeah, from Santa, and uh, that, it was just like this thing is so. It was like a boy's the Barbie Dream House, um, and it was yeah. just incredible. I, I still remember looking at it as a kid and uh, being like, this thing is so friggin' cool. It's like yeah. that's really all you could say. It was like. Yeah. The Death Star of He-Man toys, you know, they made a good Death Star back then. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> poor choice of words, I guess. Um, so, yeah, so Super 7 is just an excellent company when it comes to, I think more stores, should, more companies should do uh, the direct-to-consumer route. Um, Absolutely. I think... Uh, I mean, that that's why a lot, of, a lot of creators now are going to Kickstarter and Indiegogo because maybe they don't want to deal with, you know, boardrooms and well, you know what? You know trying why, to... Tommy? They get very bored in those rooms. Yeah, uh, just sorry, sorry, <laughs> folks. Poor attempt at humor. Um, we never said we were funny. We just like unintended. That's right. Um, 
you know that's that's a good point you know they don't they can kind of avoid some of that stuff and just exactly get their toy out it's almost like an independent filmmaker but making that film and at the same time i mean it's a double-edged sword because now you have to take off your creative cap and put on your businessman cap how are we going to do logistics how are we going to get these to the consumer you know websites and this and that so it kind of is a double-edged sword in a way and then um hopefully uh we're gonna get some folks that have experience with kickstarter on the show and we'll be talking about that real soon cool yeah that's a very interesting concept um enjoy direct to market other than brick and mortar stores um i'm gonna be honest i go to target i've been to a walmart in a while but I, i i i just look um I don't even know if I what I would buy if I was there right now. And toy really has to jump out at me and be something just that is like so cool and something I like so much that I'm like, oh, I have to get this. I think the last time that happened was maybe two years ago. I was in Target with my wife, and uh, I had just had an article published in a, a Disney magazine about the history of Scrooge McDuck, and mm-hmm. I saw the Ducktales. Uh, the new Ducktail Scrooge figure, and I was like, I have to buy this. That was the like, Funko Aladdin. one, or uh, was it Funk? Well, no, yeah, Funko made one, and then Fat Toys, or something Fat, like that. Yeah, I that was the one, and I was just like, it was based off the TV series, the cartoon, the new cartoon show, and I was just okay. like, I have to buy this. And that was really the last time I felt like I needed to buy a toy, um, because I would, as much as I would love to collect uh, action figures left and right, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you got to pay those bills and absolutely all that stuff so you know unfortunately that as you get older as a collector you got to work in that mortgage or whatever into your toy collection like it's rough so uh what else we got tom so that's our uh that's our spiel on brick and mortar uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah let us know uh what you guys think because i want to continue this topic don't forget toys podcast at gmail.com is the email you know let Let's- us know if you agree if you disagree, any of the experiences you've had in the past with toy collecting or experiences you have now, are you lucky enough to find those figures? Or are you not lucky enough to find those figures? What are your, what do you do as an alternative? Now this could help other collectors out there find that toy they're looking for. These are the toys you're looking for. So, you know, you never know. All right, let's get into the news. Okay. So, what are we starting with? Let's see. Super seven. Speaking of which, just opened up their wave three of turtles line and uh you're getting michelangelo april o'neill rocksteady and my personal favorite metalhead and you know what's interesting is the texture on michelangelo's um undershell i forget that actual type what they call that shell on a turtle but the one that's on his chest you can actually Mm -hmm. see the texture in the picture yeah yeah i mean these are great figures um personally i'm not collecting them only because they're just i don't want to bring them down but I have a Playmates collection, you know. Right. I know these are more, uh, you know, updated, more articulated, more detailed. But there's only so many times you can buy the same figure, you know. And I That's know Target, and I know as a He-Man collector, I'm probably sounding ridiculous, you know, not intelligent about it. He-Man's my my go-to. So I'll I'll be buying Origins. I know some, you know, some of them are out there already, but still gonna wait for. Fortunately for retail, but um. Mm-hmm. Back to the turtles. I I wish them well. If you love these, you know you had them as a child. Uh, they feel more retro to me than anything. They do. They do look like uh, the the cartoon series. Um, April's face looks maybe a little off, but you know they they are good looking figures. I know a lot of people are are comparing them to the NECA figures that are coming out soon. 
unfortunately april's taking a big hit on you know facially as yeah. compared to the NECA one but i mean you're you're getting two different figures if you really look at it you're getting a playmates version of april with super seven but you're getting an animated uh you know with more outline from NECA. and really nobody's forcing you to buy both you really when it comes to collecting i think buy what you like yeah personal preference um, unless you you can afford to buy everything then that's excellent yeah. um you know if you just want to buy the one that you like the most and mix a mix up your collection between um super seven NECA, playmates that's cool too you know yeah. there's there's no law to toy collecting at least that i know of. so you can get wave three now at super seven dot com or super seven store you can see them on their twitter and website cool uh, i'd like to tell you guys about a documentary um there is a new gentleman we interviewed from down under uh it goes by the name of dags he is a big was a big batman collector especially from 1989 his collection is incredible um if you go to toylines.com toy-lines.com you can read our interview with him um he at one point had uh, he still has this incredible collection just of Batman. We're not talking Joker or anything like that. Just Batman, unless they came together. He has a documentary out about his collection and collecting. Um, so this is very interesting. If you go to batmanandme.com, uh, www.batmanandme.com, you can see some of the film clips. You can see him in his collectible room, and they have stills of his collection. Um the doc isn't out yet, but the clips offer you kind of an insight into the mind of a collector. And I remember watching just this week this um, documentary and thinking to myself, I, I completely agree with that. It's the mindset of when you're in the middle of collecting, then later on, he, here's a man who physically cannot get rid of his collection because he's a collector. Uh, it's in a room. He doesn't go in the room anymore. He only goes in when he has friends who want to see it. But it's a very interesting documentary. I highly recommend it if you're a Batman fan, especially for 89, and especially just if you're interested in the whole collecting thing. It really makes you look differently at it. Uh, again, it's batmanandme.com, and uh, just a congratulations to Dags for getting his documentary out there. It's going to be, I believe, in a, an Australian film festival soon, so it's pretty cool. As co is uh goes on sale tomorrow uh the 112 silent screamers their first uh offering is nosferatu yes this figure looks incredible um what i'm really digging about this is that they did a 30 second trailer um on their site and it looks like it had some stop motion in it the trailer itself did one or two clips from the movie and this figure is just beautiful um, if you're not familiar with the movie, uh, it was released in 1922. It's a silent film, hence the silent screamers. It's a German film, um, which is the story is essentially Bram Stoker's Dracula. They changed just enough to not get sued, but they did anyway. Uh, Bram Stoker's wife had them destroy every single copy of the movie. Um, there were versions that remained, which is how we still have this movie to today. The vampire is Count Orlock, played by Max Shrek. He kind of looks very rodent-like, which is one of the things I like about him. He's such a different-looking vampire. And um, it was directed by a German director named F.W. Murnau, if I pronounced that correctly. Believe it or not, though, out of an hour and 34-minute short silent uh, silent film, 
Nosferatu is only in the movie for under 10 minutes. But um, this is a really cool looking toy for anybody who's into horror movies or black and white. Um, if he looks familiar, might be because you've seen clips of him in the Queen and uh, David Bowie video for Under Pressure back when MTV played music videos. So uh, this is a definitely cool toy. I'm, I'm, I really like this one. It's an honor to get a, an IP with the Mesco treatment. I mean, uh, Mesco has never let any collector down. Another direct to consumer line. You know, you're going to get super articulation, super detailed real clothes from the pictures himself Nosferatu is getting the Mesco treatment is, is extremely valuable if you're a horror film or, or even a Nosferatu fan, fan if you're a vampire fan exactly uh, and if you like rodents because he looks like one uh if you haven't seen the trailer definitely go to their twitter site I'm, i think i said their their website it's on their twitter page um and check it out it's a really cool short little trailer um it gives such a great feeling for the movie and this toy there i think just as much thought went into this trailer as into this figure uh so you're you're in for a great treat by getting this toy and then uh mcfarland toys on their twitter account recently gave fans a teaser of a mcfarland toys doomsday now these are just the prototype figures but i mean they're beautiful you know uh, you're expecting the mcfarland treatment with dc and you're getting it i mean the doomsday figure is super detailed and it, i believe that's a year zero batman next to him which is was also teased i mean you're hyper detailed on this guy i mean mcfarland toys is you know doing great work with the dc figures line i'm looking forward to these cool uh there is a interesting toy coming out for you Jurassic park fans it is a dennis nedry you remember him from the first Jurassic Park? He's the guy who got spit in the face by the Dilophosaurus. Um, he's also played Newman in Seinfeld. Uh, what's cool about this toy is it's um, a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive from Mattel. Uh, the figure comes actually packaged really cool. It comes in a can of Barbasol shaving cream. There's no shaving cream in it, but it looks like a Barbasol. When you open the can and see the figure, he's in his Hawaiian shirt. He's got his glasses. He comes with a bag, a little piece of pie, some shaving cream on top, and uh, a little Barbasol. It's pretty cool looking. I believe it's going to be released. Uh, it's going on for pre-order at Entertainment Earth for $20, one per customer. So, you know, when, you, when you're trying to get something this cool and exclusive, I think it's fair that to do that. And then in July, Mattel Creations will be selling it. But this, this is a really look, cool-looking figure. It does look like Wayne Knight, who played the character. Um, and then speaking of Wayne Knight, who also played Newman in Seinfeld, uh, what do we got, Tom? Lego has just announced a Seinfeld collection, or collectible. Looks like you'll be getting Jerry's apartment and will feature all the main characters from the 90s Seinfeld show. With Newman. With Newman, hello Newman. Uh, so that's pretty cool, actually. Um, I've I actually kind of dig this. I'm not I'm not good at Legos, but I like this. Um, yeah, I've heard Legos are fun. I've heard they're doing a Home Alone house, which I would guess would come with Kevin McAllister in the Wet Bandits. Um, I I'm not 99 sure on that. I believe it's true. You know, for you Lego collectors out there, especially if you 90s Seinfeld fans, here's a cool looking toy. 
Now, isn't Lego also doing a Friends? I think set? they did. Or okay. uh, yeah, that sounds very familiar. So I remember looking at their site the other day, um, and that does sound familiar. So I believe they did. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Lego seems to be doing um, pretty much everything nowadays. Um, yeah, which is pretty. It's pretty cool. Uh, and the '90s are coming back. Yeah, I mean the you know Friends will be on HBO whenever they do it. My Grod. My Grod. Yes, not Gorilla Grod, but My Grod. Yeah, it's from MyGrod.com. These are actually adorable. Basically, they are. They're they remind me of the Funko, um, you know, with the happy faces and stuff. Yeah, they kind of remind me of Weebles. If you're yes. from the '80s, Weeble Wobbles. They don't fall down. These are pretty cool looking. Yeah. Um, um, right now in the first set, apparently you're gonna get Man at Arms, He Man, Skeletor, and Beast Man. And is Castle Grayscale just a background, or is that? I think kind of, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's just a background. These are really cute. Um, for anybody who collects He Man and they have a son, or or even a daughter, yeah. or daughter, of course, or if you know you have a niece or nephew and you want to secretly get them into He Man just to annoy your your <laughs> your siblings. I think this this is a great gift for a little kid. I mean, it's really cool. These are yeah, so freaking cute. Can't stand it. Yeah, yeah. Um, these are cool. the these are the gateway drugs for uh, Masters yeah. of the Universe Origins. This is how you do it. And kids. then yeah, and then when you grow up, you can you know waste your trust fund on getting a uh, it back back figures off eBay of uh, uh, Masters of the Universe classics. And it's the truth. A couple of new shows coming out. Before we go back to the toys, um, Disney Plus is going to be having a Muppets Now series. A new Evil Dead movie coming out without Bruce Campbell. Um, he's retired from the role, officially. Um, the movie, I believe, is called Evil Dead Rise. I believe it's going to have a female lead. There's not too much information about it, but it sounds interesting. Uh, what am I... Does that have anything to do with the uh, Showtime series? I don't know, and I think it would be a good way to where to uh, place to pick up. Because I know... Ash, excuse me, on the series, he did have a daughter. Yes, he did. Um, that would be a great thing to pick up with his daughter, but not not too much information about it yet. I don't think Sam, Sam Raimi. Raimi I, yeah, I was think, just going to yeah. ask, is Sam Raimi involved? Uh, I'm sure he's involved in some way. I don't think he's directing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite shows, um, I got to admit, I love it, Supernatural. It's supposed to be, begin refilming their final episode late this summer for their 15th season. Now that's the, incredible. Yeah, 15, 15 seasons, seasons is the longest running show in a, of a genre series. Uh, they had to shut down due to COVID. All episodes were filmed. They were working on their final one. They started when the CW was the WB. That's right. And they're their only show that lasted from it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was hoping Smallville would, would outlast them. but It's a hell of a show. Um, I bet. They've done some great stuff in it. For all you Karate Kid fans, if you were watching YouTube's Cobra Kai, which I'm going to admit, I was never a Karate Kid fan, and YouTube had a couple of episodes up for free, and they were really good. They really connected back to the film, especially the first one. The first two seasons are going to be going to Netflix, and they're going to be doing a third season. This is the perfect time to jump on, uh, especially for you 80s guys. Anybody sweep the leg, you know, is yep. excuse me? Is Netflix producing it as well? The new season, I or yes, I don't know for sure. I just know that they're gonna definitely have the first two seasons, okay, which is good because I didn't get to see all the episodes, um, and that they're gonna be doing a third. And I really like, I, I really, really mean it. It really was a good show. Um, it takes place so many years, you know, 20, 30 years later, and Johnny and, and uh, Daniel, um, 
obviously know Mr. Miyagi, but uh, it, it kind of picks up on their life, what's going on. They both have children. Um, it's just, it was, I was so surprised watching it because I was never really a fan of it. And I was like, Holy, this is really good. So uh, I definitely plan on watching that one. Nice. Yeah, I, I uh, yet to check it out. I did. Uh, I did have one mistake from last week's episode, Tom. It was um, most non-triumphant. I forgot to mention, folks, that the official trailer or teaser for the third Bill and Ted movie came out. Bill and Ted Face the Music. So yeah, so that trailer is out. You've probably seen it by now. It's got a great poster. Bill and Ted. I'm I'm just a I'm a great fan of um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Now, how do you feel about that? Like, I was looking at the teaser, and I was like, I don't know. Uh, uh, Keanu just, he looks I, too adult for me. I don't know why. You know, it's funny. He would always played this great built like, character. He was almost, like, typecast because mm-hmm. of that character. And you see him in Dracula, and he's playing this really, you know, stiff British man. Right. And then you see him in the point in Point Break. And for that one moment, he does kind of like that stoner surfer dude. Right. Bill voice and be like, yeah. But I'm really excited. I got to tell you, um, I never thought we got a third movie. It was always talks. They'd always say they would do it. A lot of movies are being not so much rebooted or they're going back to something from the 80s. Uh, and this is one I just think could really work. It's got the original writers coming back. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the original cast, Death is going to be in it again. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been trying to stay away from plot points because I really, I know some of it. Basically, mm-hmm. they they haven't written that song that's going to save the world. Which, right. let's be honest, I think we need that song right now. So you um, you want to be surprised? I want to be surprised on this one. I am trying my best. I will watch probably a trailer, but I don't want to know spoilers. Uh, mm-hmm. Bill and Ted, of course, first premiered in '89, and then the sequel in '91. Bill and Ted Face the Music is coming out this summer, despite theaters, you know, movies being pushed back and theaters opening soon. It will hit the theaters. There is a lot of history to Bill and Ted, though. Um, This is what I find very interesting. The cartoon series, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. This was an animated series from 90 and 91. Uh, Naked Toys. I'm sorry. Naked Toys. Naked Toys. Yeah. Coming out. Yep. Based off that series. In the 1990, there were 13 episodes. The characters of the uh, the main three, Rufus was voiced by George Carlin. Ted mm-hmm. was Counter Reeves. Bill was Alex Winter. In 1991, eight more episodes came out. They were switched by somebody else. Uh, Bill was voiced by an actor named Evan Richards. And Ted was by Christopher Kennedy. These are the same guys who did the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures live action series, which only lasted for one season. So here you are with a cartoon series. You get the original voices and you get rid of them to have the guys from the stupid live action show it's it reminds me so much of when ernie hudson auditioned for winston Zedmore for the real ghostbusters and got turned down and they cast arsenio hall it's kind of like a slap to the actor's face and and this was something i believe that alex winter always had a problem with which i i, I don't blame him you know you created this character you do the the voice i believe and and now these dudes take over um as far as a live action show, it didn't last too long. I am very sure you can find it on YouTube. Type in Bill and Ted. You're probably going to pull up a bunch of stuff. The show, I remember seeing an episode or two of the live action. They just didn't have it. They didn't. They couldn't portray Bill and Ted to me the right way. But yes, if you can check on YouTube, I would recommend it. You at least see the opening. 
the cartoon I know has been on YouTube. I've seen a few things like that. Even more interesting was that for a good set of years, Universal Studios Orlando and Hollywood had a Bill and Ted's Excellent Halloween Adventure show. They did over 22 Halloween shows um, and pretty much just ran from 1999 to 2012. And it kind of featured things going on that day. And these were always played at Halloween Horror Nights. Unfortunately, it's no longer uh, a thing that Universal Halloween Horror Nights does. But they're on YouTube if you ever wanted to watch them. And then, of course, there was the cereal. Bill and Ted's excellent cereal. Supposedly, <laughs> it was excellent tasting. They've just been around forever. You know, comics and, and cartoons. And yeah, and the Naked Toys. The Naked Toys. And the really interesting thing about Bill and Ted ties into Back to the Future. The original concept for Back to the Future wasn't a DeLorean. It was a refrigerator. They didn't want to use a refrigerator because they were afraid children might Oh, yeah. Back to that Punky Brewster episode. Yeah, go into this refrigerator and, you know, get locked in. So they went for the DeLorean, which obviously makes a better choice. Bill and Ted's original concept was a 1969 Chevy van, but they couldn't do it because Back to the Future used a car, and they felt, oh, we gotta, we got to do it a little different. So they used a phone booth. Hmm. So I always kind of get a kick out of how it's a little bit back and forth on that one. But, yeah, Bill and Ted, I'm looking forward to. NECA is coming out with um, toys based off the animated series. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's toys based off this movie. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I don't know if I'll they see it. They also have the- had toys based off the original movie. That's true. Yeah. Um, Bill and Ted has just had a ton of merchandise. They had collect. They had um, collecting cards for the first movie, and uh, they actually had deleted scenes in it. So if you ever seen pictures of the cavemen and they're chewing the gum and trying to fix the antenna, they have a lot of like scenes that were cut out of the movie. Um, that were put back, that were put onto the trading cards, which is pretty cool. Nice, but um, yeah. So that is uh, that is the news as I have it. As usual, thank you, Brian Salvatore, for our intro and outro music. Some assembly uh, required. Yep, uh, Ming Chen. Once again, I'm just going to throw out his shared universe podcast studio helped us a great deal, as well as filmmaker Rob McCallum, who is. Still working on his action figure adventure TV show, which I cannot wait to see. Um, his last uh, his last Twitter account, he was filming the Mondo Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle figures, which I have to say are my favorite versions of those figure of those characters. Cool. I actually want to throw out something uh, for anybody who's not familiar with him. His name is Mitchell Wu. He's a toy photographer. Uh, Tom and I saw his work this year at Toy Fair. They had a nice little gallery set up. He does some of the best toy photography out there. Um, it's Mitchell Wu, W-U. Uh, I, I highly recommend checking out his artwork. A lot, one of his, I'm sorry, his photographs, one of the best things that he does is not only does he have the picture, but afterwards we'll have a little behind the scenes of how he builds his set, um, information on the camera, the lighting, and all this stuff. Now, he's a professional photographer taking pictures of toys and he's got this great one i'm gonna try to tease you in to check out his stuff it's of woody from toy story with one of the three-eyed aliens for baby yoda kind of like a mandalorian mashup Uh, his stuff is excellent so if you really want to look at some cool toy photos machubu is your guy um i highly recommend him nice 
All right, a couple of shameless plugs. Don't forget, uh, you can uh, discuss or read about toys on toy-lines.com. You can find us on Twitter at Toy Lines, no hyphen, and our Facebook page, Toy Shelf Magazine. And if you haven't heard our first podcast, please feel free, go back, check it out. Or if yep. you want to hear, hear it again, do it again while you're doing the dishes. Um, <laughs> and if We are on SoundCloud, and this week we will be on Podbeam, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. And if you have any questions, comments, anything you want to throw at us, um, what you liked about the show, what you didn't like, um, any stories, any news that you have about toys. If you are a toy collector, a toy customizer, you like to make uh, customize your own toys out of other things, let us know. Um, customizing is very in, a very interesting part of toys collecting. Uh, when you just can't get that figure that you want, you make it yourself. That's pretty cool. So um, please email us. Let us know. Um, let us know what you want to hear about. That's also another thing. Yeah, you can reach us at toyspodcast at gmail.com. T-O-Y-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. So thanks for listening. Uh, stay safe out there. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. All that good stuff. And right, 20 seconds. We'll hope to, you know, either hear from you or, you know, we'll get be in back. touch with us. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll be there. Uh, We'll be getting to work on our third podcast, episode three, the return of the podcast. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll be here, folks. Yep. Take care, and Thank you guys, play with your toys. That's right. <laughs>